You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. So we're recording. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I love how we're just talking about, I think I can't wait to be 40 actually. I'm excited. I'm dreading it. <laughs> actually, I think we should, we do need to do a podcast on aging because I am yeah, having, I'm struggling. I've been struggling since I turned 30. The real struggle, like a real struggle. I'm having issues. Is it mostly about your looks or about like not having enough things done? All or of like, it. Okay. Yes. Looks for sure. Okay. Well, not having all the things. <laughs> I, I just am like, I'm terrified of it. I don't know. It's like, I, I can't. I think you'll get to a point though. Um, and I know I did where I think a lot of women who are in their early thirties dread being 40. But now that I'm literally a few months away, I don't know what happened to me like six months ago, but I actually got excited because I, I'm now celebrating the journey and how far I've come. And I feel like to find this level of peace and freedom and surrender that I've given myself mm-hmm. by 40 yeah. to me is the biggest gift in the world. It's not about, right, the dollars in my account. It's not about like living in a certain zip code. It's this, it's this, it's this joy that yeah. I've done so much work to like wrap my arms around. And that makes me feel good to know that I have that by 40. <sighs> See, look at, I mean, and we're, we're right behind you. Like we're like a year behind you. So I'm like, <laughs> yes, this is good for us to look forward to in one year. We want to have the same attitude as Nicole, but should we, int- should but we introduce Nicole? it five then? years to get this attitude though. <laughs> I, well, then I'm going to have it by the time I'm 50, maybe. I'm, I'm just, I don't know what the struggle is too. Cause I look at people like Gwen Stefani. She's like 47, looks fucking amazing. She's like my idol and there's like yeah but she also has like thousands of dollars of like teams around her every day making her look that way and she's I need that that's why I need to have (laughs) I need to be more rich so I can stay looking amazing so that's why I need to make money I don't even need a house I don't even have a house but I need all the surgeries and I need Botox money we want the glam squad (laughs) actually I think we are going to do an aging podcast that'd be good oh you have to so yeah so we're sitting here in the living room of Nicole Maiden she has been so amazing she like had wine waiting for us like does she know us or what (laughs) and she doesn't even like wine I mean she likes it but it gives her migraines she picked out the perfect wine for us and she was so generous to let us come into her home studio and um, we're really excited to have you here so thank you thank you I'm so happy to be here you guys are the best we need to do this every day we want to so I know that you we want to talk we were touching on several different things more some more personal some more professional too so Danny has just been like Nicole's amazing and I know she's had you on her for her mastermind so how did y'all get hooked up I think we, well, we, we have a lot of people around Mutual us friends, that we yeah. were bound to meet, but I think the actual introduction came from James Patrick. Yeah. And we just had James on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, James made an intro. He's the best. And James was floating around this city. You know, when I moved here from LA, there's all these just some magical unicorns in this city and everybody is somehow linked to someone I know back in LA. Mm-hmm. And I actually met James through the Harders. Through Chris and Lori. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've had Lori okay. on the podcast. Cool. Yeah. Were you, in the, were you in Chris's mastermind as well? I wasn't in the mastermind, okay. but a pivotal part of my journey in being in Scottsdale. So I, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. I moved here two oh, and a half years ago. you grew up in Los Angeles. Grew up in LA. Had been there my whole life. What oh. part of LA? I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Okay. Uh-huh. Where decades ago, where actually all the families 
could afford to live mm-hmm. and raised kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came out to college to U of A to Tucson, mm-hmm. fell in love with Arizona then, never in a million years even thought that I would come back because I think when you grow up in LA, you just assume that you're going to stay there forever. Why would you go anywhere else, sure, right? Sure. Because everyone's trying to get yeah, out there. Yeah. Yep. So I, you know, had a wonderful, great life in LA, built an almost two decade career in the PR industry. Very long story short, uh, you know, found myself having this great career and really like blessed life, but um, had been working, working, working and had not found my person or so I thought. Had had great relationships, but found who I thought was the love of my life at 35. We got married, had a six month marriage. I was kind of put in a position where um, I had to make a decision. You know, I could have stayed, but you know, I knew I needed to go. It was like the universe just going ding, ding, ding. Here's, you know, a silver platter. You're either going to, you know, go A or you're going to go B. And it was like sliding doors. I remember feeling like this is going to be like the, this is the moment in my life. If I stay, things are not going to go at all the way I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so terrified because. I was that girl that kind of grew up like, it was like 27 dresses. I had been a bridesmaid like 12 times. Yeah. I had thrown like 5 million showers and everyone was like, yes, it's your turn. It's You're getting your married. Yeah. I had all these eyes on me. And so to find myself then in a situation where I was walking away from the person that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, it made me feel like, oh my gosh, Nicole, you make such good decisions. This is actually, it was so embarrassing for me. Mm. How could I have picked this person? Mm. And by the way, grateful as heck for him now. Obviously in the moment, I didn't see it that way. But um, I I left a marriage at 35 years old. I had just given up a business that I built. I had started my own company in LA. So I built a boutique PR firm for eight years, finding myself homeless at 35, leaving somebody I was going to get married, you know, that I was married to, mm-hmm. that we were going to start a family with, had no furniture, had no money, had nothing. And I moved in with my parents in Palm Springs for three months at 35 when all my friends were like running carpools and taking their kids to school mm-hmm. and like doing all these lavish mm-hmm. vacations and all these things. And I'm mm-hmm. finding myself going, how the hell did I get here. Mm-hmm. Like how, how did this happen? Because the girl that graduated college 20 years ago would have been married with three kids running that carpool sure. by 35. Sure. So now all of a sudden I'm literally starting from scratch and I moved in with my parents for three months. I just needed to step out of LA. I needed to literally clear my head and just start looking at myself in the mirror and understanding why I had such good gut instinct around so many things Mm -hmm. in my life and so many things were manifesting and going well. But Mm -hmm. when it came to matters of the heart or maybe certain self-love concepts with myself, they Mm -hmm. weren't as fine-tuned as I like to say. Mm -hmm. So I started meditating. Um, I just took some time to just get out of the environment I was in and found myself ready to come back to LA after about three months. But I got to have breakfast every day with my parents and my grandparents and God bless me with like all of those wonderful moments that now I cherish so much. And we've all been always very close, but I don't think anyone thinks they're going to live with their parents at 35. At least I didn't. So God bless them for being so non-judgmental and loving mm-hmm. me unconditionally to say like, mm-hmm. come here and heal. It's okay. You probably judge yourself more harshly than I totally anyone. did. Yeah. I was... I was terrified. I was like, this just, this is not good. And you know, I look, I've always surrounded myself with my friends didn't care. Like right. no one cared. Mm-hmm. It was just me. Right. I was having those Your unserving yeah. thoughts. Right. Sure. So I called a friend after about three months of being down there and I said, I'm ready to come back to LA. I want to get back on my feet, but I am not emotionally at all in a place where starting a business again is going to it, it can't even come into my realm. I'd rather just come work, work for, for you, somebody. Mm-hmm. do what I love and get a paycheck. So she said, oh, such fortuitous timing. We actually want to open an office in LA because her company was based in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So the stars were aligning. I got this amazing opportunity, got chills right now to, <laughs> to go back up to LA, you know, get on my feet. I rented an apartment in Brentwood, started working for this agency, um, traveling, just kind of was like finding myself a little bit mm-hmm. again. And it was really hard. It was really lonely. You know, I've just walked away from a marriage. I, I have zero dollars literally in the bank because um, we were like living off of some of my savings sure. as well. So it was just a, it was a really, really raw, vulnerable time. And, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm, you know, obviously now five years later, I can see exactly why all those things had to happen. So I spent the next two, two and a half years back in LA just working Felt like Groundhog Day, seeing my friends, doing my life, you know, doing good with work, all these things. But my soul 
was like craving more. And I was driving two hours, you know, two hours in the car every day to work. I called my parents one day and I said, I'm about to turn 37 years old. Something has literally has to fucking change like immediately. Like this is just not working. Something's not working. And they said, well, what do you think it is? You know, I said, well, I've got a stable paycheck. Yep. I've got a good job. Yep. Got, friends. got a roof over my head. Yep. Got food on the table. Like I feel really grateful, but something in my gut is not resonating mm-hmm. anymore with my day-to-day life. And it just started coming up. I don't know why I was having visions of like Arizona and thinking like, simpler life, mm-hmm. Nicole, like maybe you don't need to be in the midst of all the chaos and the grind anymore. You've done everything you want to do in your career. Yep. Maybe this next phase is about just ease and flow and surrender. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, working with a lot of healers and doing a lot more like deep rooted work to get to the root of, I think what was going on, which was that my gut was actually signaling to me and it had for years in the relationship Mm -hmm. and all these other things, but I wasn't listening to it. And this time I was like, I was going to listen. So I found myself moving here at, you know, 37 years old. I knew five people from college who I hadn't seen for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I left my entire network in LA. I left, people thought I was crazy. Well, especially because you your LA? job is based on network, right? Like in my a way. My whole job, my yeah. entire, my entire foundation, like my entire association of me, everything was about Nicole in LA. Yeah. So to step out of that and take that, I don't even know where that bravery came from, but to step out of that at 37 and just say, you know what? I've got to just push this beside me and behind me and I've got to just do this. And if it doesn't work out, I'll move back. But at least I'll know I'm not married. I don't have kids. So why, why not take this leap and just try to find a, try to design a better life for myself. So that's basically what I did. So I came here. I was still working for a company that let me come here and work remotely. Oh, amazing. And that was great because it allowed me to like have some stability and just settle into a new environment. I mean, Mm -hmm. starting anywhere fresh at 37, it's terrifying, right? So God bless though. I came here and after a few months of being here, it was starting to again, like kind of ruminate in my gut that I actually did want to start my business again, but I wanted to do it here Mm -hmm. because I was finding as I was connecting with so many entrepreneurs and just going to networking events that so many people were kind of lost when it came to PR. And I was like, you know what? I've got almost two decades of doing this. Like I don't need to go work with these huge brands anymore. I've done all that. I want to work with all the creators out there and all the entrepreneurs and all the people who are brilliant that just need to learn how to kind of maneuver the system a little bit to get that attention on their brand or their mission. So I started the company and I used to write down the exact type of client that I wanted, like very clear on what I was manifesting. And then one day, my girlfriend, um, Sarah Pendrick, that runs Girl Mm -hmm. Tech Network, called me from out of the blue and she said, I want you to meet my friend, Lori Harder. She's about to launch a book. And I said, Lori Harder, like Instagram Lori Harder? (laughs) Because I, you know, I'd never met her personally, but I had uh, seen her online. So she said, yeah. So Lori and I got on the phone. Next thing I know, I'm blessed with this amazing opportunity to do PR for Lori's book launch in LA and do, you know, some really fun things with her. And the day that we were starting to work together, I found out that my father passed away. Oh my goodness. So last year was just so so many lows for our family. You know, I had come off this huge high of kind of settling into life here. Yeah. And then we got just punched in the gut with losing my father. And then about 10 days later, I lost my grandfather. So my two men, my two, you know, like rocks, like my two men were just, you know, taken away, lost half our family in the blink of an eye. And then here I am having to put on a face to start with this Mm, new client. So it was such an interesting time in my life. I feel like I was being tested on everything that I had worked so hard to understand with coping, surrender, you know, emotional um, kind of, you know, just just perception of things, like mm-hmm. clarity, all these things. Mm-hmm. So I start working with Chris and Lori and I have this amazing experience, which I think was very healing for me um, while I was kind of grieving behind the scenes. And it just forced me to look at things a little bit differently, of course, in my life. When you lose the person, at least from my perspective, the person who brought you into this world. Mm -hmm. Uh, My entire life changed last year and it changed in a way that I can't describe Mm -hmm. unless somebody's gone through it. There is a pain and a void that is lingering inside of you every day. And I think that as wild as it sounds, the pain that I had to go through for the divorce and all of that kind of coming up from that was almost preparing me to handle Mm. that. 
because I feel like I've been the one in the family to kind of keep everyone thinking of the bigger picture and all of this, right? Finding the peace and all of it, that there's something much bigger going on with the universe than any of us have control over. Yeah. And so it's changed my life. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, I'm coming up on 40. All these big things have happened like prior to me, you know, turning 40 in a few months. And I think that this peace that I have found and the surrender and the flow of life and Mm -hmm. just kind of knowing that we don't have control over really anything. Mm -hmm. So it's our job, I think, to just, Will Smith actually said something the other day that it like wants, I want to start, it like brings me to tears, but I I won't cry because I don't want to go there. He said that, I actually wrote it down because this was just too good. He said, sublime detachment Life is so much better when you don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so I true, thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever heard. Sublime detachment. I'd never heard it described that way. Yeah. But for me, to be turning 40 and understand what sublime detachment means, I can't get upset now about anything. Yeah. Because I know, I know in my heart that whatever the outcome is, mm-hmm. I have no control. Yeah. I have no control. I can do the work to put myself in the right mode to receive things. And I can align vibrationally with things that I want to call into my life. But at the end of the day, there's something way bigger controlling the things, right, for us. So, you know, it was So what do you think you have control over? If it's not, obviously it's not the outcome. I agree. So what do you think you have control over? I think what we can control is what I have been focused on controlling, which is my lane. So when I say my lane, you know, I can control the type of work that brings me joy. I can control the type of people that I energetically want to be around. Um, I can control the habits that I choose to bring into my day. But, you know, people are getting so worked up over politics. I mean, there's so much nonsense going on in this world. I mean, you could literally laugh so hard all day or sit and cry, which I probably have done a little bit of both. But those are things that me sitting here on my couch, you know, I have no control over these things. Yep. I'd like to think I do, yep. but I don't. So what I can control is my inner self connecting, you know, heart to head. That's what I always say. It's like when you can get these two things together yep. and you can get that into like a good, even flow. Life's more fun, you know? I mean, I came out of college 20 years ago. You have to realize, like, I mean, for anybody listening, I know that you'll get this. Like, we had just gotten email. We had just gotten Facebook. We didn't have any of this stuff, right? And you came out of college and it was like, you were going to be a doctor, a teacher, an attorney, an accountant, you know, um, like an engineer, engineer, like a creator, an entrepreneur. Like, No one even knew. What? Didn't exist. I didn't even know what a PR person did when I graduated college. Like, I fell into this so, so universally. So... I just think that it's, um, I think the good thing about where we're at today, I feel, is that everybody has a lot more opportunity mm-hmm. to find that peace that I don't think we necessarily had the freedom to understand mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Interesting. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that, and, and you know, I definitely would talk about PR with you because I think when, and you can speak to this, but like that industry has changed so much too, because Danny and I did a lot of magazine work early on, but it was very like, like that was the only thing, right? That was right when MySpace began. Yes. So like now we're seeing people like championing their own brands on social yes. media and that's totally possible to do versus back then it was just like, I hear my photos. I hope I'm in good enough shape yep. to like maybe know the right person to maybe land a cover. And then yeah. maybe if I land that covered then I'm gonna I don't know be famous or whatever and there are so many different ways of doing PR so like just describe for our listeners yes like on a day-to-day basis what are you doing for your clients so just to go back to the so this is where everything kind of came full circle so I met Chris and Lori and then Chris said to me last year as I was kind of grieving everything going on with my family why don't you pop out to LA and teach my mastermind students Mm, how to do their own PR and this light bulb went off and I went is genius. <laughs> yes, of course. You didn't feel like you were deleting yourself? That I was what? Deleting yourself by like no. teaching people how to do PR themselves? Because, so here's, here's where I find the balance. I still work with clients one-on-one because there are a lot of people out there that one, just don't have the time. Yep. Don't want do to have do the it. money. Don't have the time. Do you have the money? They have the yeah. money and they don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And they are like, here, you've been doing this. You yep. know what you're doing. Let me just pay you. I've got 500 other things to do. Sure. But there's also so many people out there. My feeling is everyone's worthy of PR, but I don't want 
PR to define people's worth. Mm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Love it. So everybody is deserving of it, in my opinion. Like I meet so many entrepreneurs who say to me, oh my God, I don't have thousands of dollars to go spend on PR or like, I don't know if I'm ready. And I say, well, you have a brilliant brand or you're an awesome person or you created a game-changing product for your industry, you are worthy of it. Just because it hasn't happened yet Mm -hmm. doesn't mean, you know, it it shouldn't really kind of define your worth. So what happened as a result of speaking at Chris's event was that I realized that there was a missing niche, at least here now in my new hometown in Scottsdale, because LA is so saturated, right? We know it's like everyone you meet is a fitness trainer, a nutritionist. It's like professional Instagrammer, whatever. Professional Instagrammer. (laughs) There's a lot. There's always, you were on Abikini like two weeks ago. Oh my God. Right. So many, there were so many photo shoots going on, including ours. It's like photo (laughs) shoot central. Yeah. I mean, the Uber drivers must just like die driving down the street seeing all the photos. Oh my gosh. So um, much. Selfie central. So yeah, I came back here and I remember just thinking like, I need to be teaching more people how to do this because in this day and age, we are saturated by all these amazing creators and entrepreneurs. Everyone should know how to do the basic fundamentals. So I came back here and basically replicated what I did for Chris and I did I've done two so far. I did two workshops um, here in town called Purpose, mm-hmm. all about finding the purpose in PR. Um, and that's actually the name of my podcast, podcast. now. Oh, yep. Because as a result of these workshops, I had about 60 students come through the two of them. We had about 25 people so far in just the last like five to six months get themselves on local TV shows and get themselves in magazines. So amazing. And what I realized from that is that nothing I'm, nothing I'm doing is brain surgery. It's, it's a matter of consistency and time, right? Just like if I were to come to you and say, I want abs, you're going to say, Nicole, you're not going to get them overnight. And I know that it's going to take months, but with consistency and you know, the, the intention behind Mm -hmm. it, the result will happen, right? Of course it's bound to. So how do we get on Forbes top 50 podcast list? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) She's like, well, Well, it's not going to happen overnight. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not going to happen overnight. Um, If you find out, let me know. She's like, I'll get a phone on. I know a backdoor way. There's there's an interesting thing going on with a lot of those type of outlets. Um, A lot of people that you see featured on those do pay for those. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's important for the listeners to know that a lot of these business magazines now, um, you can obviously get in just through, if you have, you know, if you pitch yourself and you're lucky enough to get featured, great. But a lot of these magazines now are creating paid platforms where you can actually like basically buy yourself a spot in these columns. And so a lot of people that you see featured, it's not that they were picked by the editor. It's that they had the money to get the spot. Or the editor or whoever's writing the article is friends with him. Or is friends with them. Yeah. That's the other piece is that, and because there's so many contributors now to those type of outlets, especially the online parts of them. Yep. Yeah, if you're friends that's with infinite, one of those right? People? Like if it's a magazine, oh. it's a finite amount of space in a magazine yeah, that someone sure. can feature. But online, it's infinite. So yeah. like we can write 100 articles and feature ourselves. That's right. And by the way, I mean, <laughs> I seem to have friends at every other freaking outlet except for. <laughs> that's the one that we need, it's okay? It's my none I mean, of us I know are you think yet. you're getting, uh, I think you get interviewed right now, but really we just wanted to get a free consultation. So <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to ask great. you all the questions that we need <laughs> to like, know. So who do you know at Forbes? Who do you know at um, Well, no, Red and Book. I would say to people, you know, I, I mean, I teach so much at the workshops and now, you know, this is kind of my thing now. I'm actually touring the... I'm, I am taking it out of the city and I'm touring the country and I'm actually connecting with a lot of female co-working spaces and going oh, cool. and teaching in other markets because I, I don't know a lot of PR people doing this. I don't know a lot of people who are taking time to say, here are basic things you could do on your own. Obviously, the goal is for every brand or product or person to get big enough where aligning with an agency makes sense because there's yep. a lot of power in a consultant like myself mm-hmm. or a PR person that can come or a firm that can come in and do a lot for you. But just like you learn about accounting or your legal agreements, like why wouldn't you want to know the basic bare sure. bones of yep. PR so that you can actually carve out time in your schedule and just start pitching yourself? There's no reason why anybody sitting in their local market can't end up on their local morning TV show. Yeah. Love that. There's no reason. So are you, is that your main audience then? Is like, obviously you're seeing a huge uptick in personal brands. So are yeah. you just working mostly with individuals now? That's where it's gone. Okay. Um, it's kind of shifting that way. Um, so I, you know, as a result, I guess of, I'd say the, the workshops and people, 
you know, having a good response to them. It just got me thinking, how do I reach people out of here, out of this market? Because those events were physically in person. How can I teach this to people sitting in the middle of Iowa or in the middle of Chicago or in the middle of Miami? So I launched the podcast in January Mm -hmm. and the podcast is only about me. I interview journalists only. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And every week somebody comes on from a different outlet to give the listener tips on how to pitch them. Cool. Nice. So you're basically learning, you know, the ins and outs for that outlet. So, um, but you know, across the board, there's a common theme. I mean, I think anybody that wants to get on like a local TV show, anybody listening that wants to pitch themselves, I mean, there are basic things that you, you know, you need to have ready to go. Like you need to have some good video yourself or some great images and a good hook before you even draft the email to Mm -hmm. the producer at the show or, you know, the anchor, because they need to know why feature you versus 20 other people pitching them. You know, do you have an event coming up? Is there something you're doing that fits with a current trend that's going on? What's the angle where they can just say yes? And I think a lot of people think they have to write these long, lengthy emails, sure. you know, to get someone's attention. But you can just do your basic, like, elementary who, what, when, where, and why. Get right to the point. Attach some great images. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to set it up. Tell them basically visually what the segment's going to look like. And I mean, there's just done for you, right? Yeah. Turnkey. You want to do the work for the journalist. You want to make their job easier so that they find you to be resourceful and they want to keep having you back. So the easier you can make their job or easier you can make it for them to just say yes, the better chance you'll have of getting that, you know. So once you get that, you're on TV, you have your little segment. What do you do? When you do say, with you that? Mean, do you mean local news? Is it yeah, like, hey, I'm news. a fitness? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like if you were to be here on like Good Morning Arizona or Arizona, you know, um, or Arizona Daily Mix, like one mm-hmm. of the local morning news shows. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're on your local show, you get your clip. What do you do with it next? Yes. So my favorite tagline is PR your PR. Um, I love that phrase because it hurts me as a PR person to see people get such great placements and then not do anything with them because it's earned media. So you're getting thousands of dollars of advertisement in editorial Mm -hmm. or, you know, TV time. And how do you not like leverage that, right? So if you know you're going to be going on a TV show, I always tell people the day before, you want to do like a little tune-in notice to your email blast list, your social media channels, you know, go to town, tell people, tune in tomorrow at 8 a.m. I'm going to be live on XYZ station doing, you know, whatever the theme of the segment is. And then once it runs, most TV stations rerun the video clips on their website. So you can pull that for free won't cost you a dime, take that link and then repurpose it on your social and say, hey, if anyone wanted to watch it and you missed it, here's the clip. So those are just like tangible things immediately you can do. Yep. And Um, what does that signal to people? Yeah. And why it's important to do this is because you're getting third-party credibility. This is a game changer for brands to understand. It's one thing for your friends or your family or all your like cheerleaders in your life to be like, you rock and you're awesome. But when you have a news outlet or a magazine or a newspaper now endorsing something that you believe in, that is third-party credibility. It's earned media and that is gold for a potential customer because they're saying now that you're getting endorsed and very more often than likely, you're going to get a transaction of some sort, right? But the goal is that you want the audience to develop that emotional connection with you because I'm now invested in you guys. I love you both as people. So if you're selling something, I want in. I don't care what it is. Just show me where it, right? So if the audience can become emotionally invested in you and see your realness and see your rawness and see like, oh, you're someone I can relate to, you're going to have an ambassador for life. You're going to have that customer that's loyal, that's going to keep coming back. And people go hard now. Like mm-hmm. customers are smart yep, they are. and mm-hmm. they support brands that they like. So what happens is you might end up on TV and you might push out it, push it out on your social channels, but then you might have loyal people who follow you who then turn it around and they're pushing it out. So it becomes like a beautiful ripple effect. You know, you want to put it on your website. You want to show people that you're getting some attention. Um, 
you know, it, it can definitely help increase sales. It certainly, you know, gives you that buzz and yep. that momentum. I feel I, like a lot of, especially for online trainers, like we work with a lot of entrepreneurs, fitness on health and entrepreneurs. And we, I kind of feel like everyone is on the same level, especially on like social media. It's kind of like, so I think PR can be something yeah, that elevates. you're not going to be making direct revenue from it really, or that you could track, but there's a little, at least that like, oh, well, there's a hundred trainers here and I'm the one who's been featured in XYZ. That's yep. right. So it kind of leverages. It's that level of credibility. I remember back when I was doing more of the modeling and trying to get on magazines and things like that, like Jill said, so many people were doing all the same things. We're all competing. We're all trainers. And I saw somebody get on the news and I remember what there is some diet thing. And I'm like, they're so dumb. Like this is just wrong. And like, so I was like, I need to, like, how are they right. getting on it? Cause I need to actually go on there and fix what they just said. But it's sometimes, you just, <laughs> sometimes you do go if that idiot can say something, I actually have more to say. And I think 100%. it's, and it also just makes you, it just seems more, you just seem more credible. You have more credibility. You've like been on some something. Yeah. I say that to people all the time. All the students I say, do you ever find yourself like watching TV going, Hey, that could have been me. Like, totally. Of course. Right. Like, that should be. And you. it should be. Yes. It yeah. totally should be. And there's no reason it wouldn't be. But again, if somebody really does want PR yep. and you're going to apply a lot of the things that I teach, you have to put the time in your schedule to mm -hmm. do it. Like you can't just send one email and be like, oh no, my God, they, didn't, want they didn't respond. My life is over. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, yep. consistency, give it, give the process time. If you don't hear back right away, follow up in a week. Like the goal is you want to build the relationships with the journalist. So you can invite them to come meet you for coffee, maybe. Tell them that you want to take them to lunch. Invite them for free to an event yes. you're doing. Nothing will get them to understand your energy and your mission and your brand better than inviting them for free to come to something because then they get to see what you're creating. Then they get to taste you know, you and your, your vibe and the whole thing. And they get to see the whole story. And usually when they get to an experience like that, they'll go, Oh, we've got to do something on this. But sometimes you just have to be willing to give them that free class, that free product, just get them hooked a little to experience mm -hmm. without having the ego in it. Right. Got because it. you've got to build the relationship. I right? love that you mentioned the relationship. Cause I was thinking Jill and I get pitched all the time to, for people to be on the podcast. <laughs> oh, you we get people who email us. They're like, I want to be on it. Or, and we also get PR people who are pitching their clients. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about this, like, who do we have on? And we actually had this discussion maybe two weeks ago. We're like, this is how you get on our podcast. You be in person, you be, be our friend, friend, and you be cool. <laughs> and That's you be it. cool. Yeah. So those three things. And so we're We've like, had like some big names get pitched, and we're like, ah, like we're like, we don't know them, they're though. not in person, they're not our friend. And so we don't <laughs> so And it doesn't feel as genuine. Yeah, but but there's also this thing of like we, if we don't know them, but the, let's the say, if, not gonna be let's, that great. like even the, P, we get pitched by PR people. Yeah. If, if you pitch someone and you're like, Danny, Jill, I know you, I think they'd be a great guest. Yeah. I'm more We're likely way, to more look likely at, to trust you. yeah, I'm more likely yeah. because we have a built relationship. If somebody, if one of our friends is like, Hey, we actually Jill's brother, He's been on the podcast <laughs> twice, but at first he wanted to be on I And we gave him so much shit at the beginning. We're like, well, what are you going to talk about? Like pitch us, pitch us right now. But we, the relationships are so, so important. Well, especially because the conversations are better too. I've had my brother on who like, I mean, if he's listening, sorry, but he's kind of a nobody, but like we all were so close yeah. and he has a lot of insight that he doesn't, he doesn't do what we do, but like he has a lot of insight around, he reads a lot of books or whatever. And the conversation is just fire because we have that rapport. You know, and of course we're not gonna be able to, hopefully if we grow, we're not gonna be able to always have like great rapport with every single guest. Sure. But like that's the goal. Yeah. But I think that, oh, and I can say this, I feel like, cause I, you know, I work in that world, you know, there's a lot of, bless their hearts, but like, there's a, I mean, really, <laughs> that's very just, Southern of you. I'll just say, I was bless their hearts, yes, but right heart. there are, you're going to get those PR people who are just like, oh my God, my client's on the circuit. So they want to hit up every mm -hmm. show. Yep. And I, I can understand that. Obviously they want their client out there, but oh yeah, you guys are going to, I mean, you're just getting started by the way, because you're going to be getting hit up like crazy. Yeah. We get a good amount, but it is, it really is a matter of do we know them and is there a good fit? And yeah. I would 100% take somebody from a close referral or somebody who knows us than, than not. So I like that, like getting to know the reporter, take a reporter to coffee because they're going to remember you. That's building a relationship. I just feel like there's so much relationship capital is really important it's to me. It's very important. 
And, you know, we have a friendly Sibelius. She has this, this we, dinner. Yes. We have the, she has a dinner, Women of Impact, once a month. And, um, you know, a lot of times I go and, you know, Jill asked me the other day, she's like, do you get a lot out of it? And I'm like, honestly, it's just like, I just want to keep the relationships. And I always, every single time I meet at least one new person that I don't know what will happen with any of these contacts I ever make. Maybe I can help them. Maybe they can help me. But right. relationships to me is just where I've any opportunities come from relationships that I've ever had. When I moved here, you know, like I said, I didn't really know anybody. And so being who I am and coming from LA and I felt like I knew everybody there to come sure. was so humbling and terrifying. I was like, I don't know what, what, <laughs> where do you what start? networking group. Do, do I go downstairs like, to a local bar and just start me? talking to people? Because yeah, I'm like a friends with all person. Like sure. all are welcome in my world. That's how I was raised and that's just how I am. So we could tell by the snack array. It's amazing. Right? <laughs> yep. But I was like, we live I don't here know now. how I'm going to be received in this <laughs> new city. And it was to your point, like I, you know, I have built so many deep rooted relationships in LA. And so, and that's everything for me. I think when I started going to things here and saying to women, like, how can I support you? Mm-hmm. And they would look at me like, wait, you don't want anything from, yeah. no, I was like, no, no, no. How can I help you? Yeah. Like I, this is what I do for a living. What can I, how, what can I do? Who yeah. can I introduce you sure. to that will help you? Like, I don't need yeah. anything out of it. Yeah. And people looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, because that's just, you know, my God, I think back to like me at, you know, 19, 20 years old coming out of college, like the women I worked for at that time, shame on some of these women. Like it was such a different time mm. and they were so nasty to some of us girls mm-hmm. who were working so hard mm-hmm. and there wasn't this movement of like, let's actually support each other. Yeah. So I just find it like, my feeling is there's room for everybody. Yeah. If you guys are doing well, that makes me happy. If I'm doing well, I'm, yes. I already know that makes you happy. Yes, yep. So it's like, why can't we all just mesh it together and thrive together. It's like, what is this whole, I I don't, yeah, we talk a lot about abundance and you know, one of the things I love how you guys like talked about, um, relationships because Danny's so good at that. So I feel like if you're listening to this, you're probably like, okay, great. Like what are the steps? What are the steps to like building a relationship? It's like a a relationship that you form now might quote pay off like five years from now or never. And that can't really be the point of it. Right. So like if you had to give someone listening, like just go to every single event you get invited to or like what's the, what are the to do's? I actually don't think you should go to everything <laughs> because I think sometimes you just need to sit and rest. But I, I think love that, that you said that actually. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, you know, I think just reaching out to people even on social media and just saying from your heart, like, you know, you wrote something that really resonated with me. Mm. I feel like soulfully connected to you. If you're ever free, I know you're super busy, but I would really love to just sit down and like hang out and take you to coffee one day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say that to people. I came here, I didn't know any of the media people. I literally started just reaching out to them and saying like, I'm new to town. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I like genuinely want to get to know you as a person so I can understand what makes you tick So I know who to pitch or like what, you know, so I started just saying to people, let me take you to lunch. I think too, if you go to these networking events, like you have to be someone that's going to just go up also and just say hi to people. Hi, I'm new to town. Like I'm that girl. Does anyone want to hang out with me over here? You know, and be vulnerable. Like Mm-hmm. As I started sharing my story and talking to more and more women about the divorce and starting from scratch and then going on my second bout now as an entrepreneur, like it allowed people to feel more vulnerable with mm-hmm. me yeah, to share sense. more because they sure. were like, oh, she's sharing a ton. Yep. Let me get in on this, right? Yep. So if you can be that woman that can hold that space and allow also when you're trying to build those relationships for people to feel like, oh, it's okay. You can talk about anything with me, but really let them talk about anything with you. You will start to build some of those deep rooted relationships. Cause I just think who has time for this nonsense anymore? It's like, I just, I think the universe has just pulled away all of the phony fake friendships that maybe I thought were more than they were, but they're not serving me. No harm to those people. Yeah. Obviously, don't wish them any harm. But like, they served a, re- you know, it's like they were there for a season. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you start to see also as you get older, which I think is another beautiful thing about aging. Yeah, is you really see the people that really, really have your back. Sure. You yeah. know, I want to talk. I something you said a little bit earlier, and I want to come back to it. Was you you're going on a tour like with the uh, yeah the women's co working. So I, what I see is that you have 
decided consciously or unconsciously that you are going to be the PR mentor to entrepreneurs and you're setting yourself as the expert PR person and you're like, I'm putting myself on tour and I'm like, you're kind of just putting a stick in the ground. Like I'm the, I'm the girl, like I'm going to be your girl. So what was your mindset behind that? Because I feel that so many people in our space, we tell them like, if you want to be the expert, you just get to say like, I am the one and you've just, you just did it. You obviously have the experience. So yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. It's funny because I preach to all the entrepreneurs. I say to them, if you want to get on TV and you want the coverage, you've got to put the stake in the Mm -hmm. ground and you've got to become the local go-to in your market. And I think somewhere subconsciously, as I was starting to say that to everybody, I was actually acting (laughs) on it behind the scenes, but not because I... I'm not doing this because I need coverage. I'm doing it because I know there's so many more people out there I want to help. So for me, it was just like, okay, this worked here. Why wouldn't it work in another market? Sure. Right? So I think it's... Was there any fear behind that though? Like... What if I can't oh God, get people in the other terrifying. markets? Like, what if they don't know me? Because is there course. someone else doing this that you were like, okay, so and so has had some success with that, or like, is this a I mean, brand there's new? Definitely, kind of- you know, you have like, you know, there's people out there teaching PR and marketing. Sure. Um, I don't know if anyone's doing it in the way that I'm doing it though, because the way I'm teaching it is. Well, first of all, it's very, very simplified, but it's very intentional and and purpose-driven. Like I'm really wanting to hone in on what is the person's why? Why from their mindset do they want the PR? Mm -hmm. Is it just a validation ego ego thing or do they genuinely want to get their mission out there more? So I think that the way I'm teaching it is very mindset heavy to get to the actual root and make that result happen, but have it feel really good because they're doing it for the right reason. Um, So I just, yeah, I don't know. It's terrifying. I'm doing this one in Chicago at the end of May. I know a couple of people there. I was like, you guys. It's got to be terrifying. That's why I'm like, she's just doing the thing. Terrifying. And launched a podcast. I mean, who am am I? I was like, who the hell is going to listen to me? I had two strangers reach out to me last week. It brought me to tears. I've been doing the podcast now. I'm only seven episodes in. But two young women that are sitting up in Portland wanted to get themselves on TV. And they applied the steps in one of the segments that we taught. And they booked themselves a morning show. And they sent me a photo from the set. And I about burst into tears. And I said, this is why I'm doing this. It's not about me. I I don't need to be renting a studio right now and recording a podcast to share all this free advice. But I enjoy it because it's my way of also giving back to all these journalists. It's my way of giving back to the entrepreneurs out there. I'm one myself. I think, you know, gosh, I wish, yeah, I wish so many people would sit down with me and be like, here's all this free advice. Do this, do that. (laughs) I had to figure out so much on my own and I've asked so much help from mentors and people. And so I just, it's all terrifying. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't terrified, but, but again, going back to like my philosophy around everything that happened with my father is I'm also entering 40. I can tell you outside of probably skydiving, like, which I'll never do. I'll never Come do. On. Never do. <laughs> but when I tell you that I am fearless, mm-hmm. I am fearless because life's too short. There's so many things that I'm just doing. I mean, I launched a course even in January. It took me three months to put that together. It was one of the biggest learning experiences of my life. Made me crazy. I made it way too complicated. Now I'm laughing. I'm like, God, I could have done it like this, this, and this and been done. But I'm grateful for it because it also humbled me even at this age to realize that not everything we attack or everything we produce with our business has to be perfect. It's the first thing I said when I launched a podcast. I'm not looking for the most downloads. I'm not looking to be like this perfect podcast. I'm out there having real conversations just like you guys are, giving valuable information, hopefully inspiring somebody to, like these women did, just pitch themselves and go for it. And I feel like I have to walk the talk. So if I'm telling people to be fearless about pitching and do all these things, I feel like I need to be doing, Mm. you know, I need to live with that same kind of mindset. Um, so yeah, five people could come to this thing in Chicago and I would be okay with it because it's more about the fact that I allowed myself to go there Mm -hmm. and do it Yeah, and not about how many people came. I mean, look, I moved to a new city, put on two events here, my friends and I were like, are you nuts? Who's going to come? Yeah. <laughs> I said, I don't know. I don't care if two people come, but yeah. you know what? 
My first event, it. we had about 30 people came. Amazing. And I was like, you know what? God bless every one of these people. Yes. Like, I, God it's incredible. bless them. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's something so important about just having the full experience. We know so many entrepreneurs who will go, who would see five people as a failure. Yeah. And so they would never even do it mm. because they're so scared of that potential outcome. You know, or they want to wait till they're, they want to wait till it's, till they're bigger, till they have more followers, till they have this or that. And you're just, you're such a good example of like, I'm just doing it and we'll see what happens. It's like five, five this time. Then it's like 15, then it's like 50, then it's like 5,000. I mean, I have like nobody following me on Instagram. There's like 2000 people in this world that follow me on social media. It's like a joke compared to you guys and most people out there. I, I mean, I don't have that kind of following, but I think that I love that even more because the yeah. people listening are more like you that probably yeah. like a lot of them are starting off or they're just, they got a thousand and they're like, well, it's not enough. And it's like, you're showing it's enough. Like yeah. if you're, and I know when we started the podcast, one of the things we had in conversation, were like, honestly, we don't know where this podcast is going. We didn't really have a goal for it, but we're like, if we could just help one person not feel so alone, alone. or feeling like lost. Like if we could just help one person and that was really the goal. And it still is, to be honest, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes we do an episode and we're like, is that even worth posting? We're like, you know what? If it helps <laughs> like, one person. Anyone resonate with that? <laughs> well, and the thing is that, I mean, even look, I mean, even me, I like I was telling you in the text, I mean, the lightness and the humor that you guys bring to this, like it's even reminded me because I'm all about like joy and laughter and I have amazing friends around me and we laugh our asses off. But when you have like people reminding you again, for me, I think the reason I'm fearless about everything with work goes back to what I said about Will Smith. I don't have any attachment to the outcome Mm -hmm. and I'm truly having fun with everything I'm doing because it doesn't have to be a sellout Tony Robbins event. Right. It doesn't have to be create and cultivate. It can just be me teaching the purpose and PR to the women or the men that want to be there, which is actually who I'm trying to find anyways, the people that really want to be there. And if that's 10 people, great. If it turns out to be 200 one day, amazing. But not having attachment to the outcome, I think, is where you lose the fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Because that's, I think, what trips most people up is we have to have it look this way or I'll be judged or it has to turn out this way to be deemed successful. If you would have told me when I was graduating college, if I would still be not married and not have children by the time I was 40, I would have bulldozed you laughing so hard. Like I would have plowed through you laughing. I mean, the fact that I'm sitting here about to turn 40 and those pieces are not in my life now. Yeah. It's hard for people to actually grasp that when it comes to me. Like they're like, oh my God, you're turning 40. Like you're not married yet. You don't have kids. Like, are you feeling terrified? And I'm like, no, but clearly you are. (laughs) (laughs) We did, we did a couple episodes, one on like living an unconventional life, like having the courage and confidence to live an unconventional life. And what does that look like when you're not married, you're single, you don't, you're not ending up how you thought, but we also just did an episode on success and like defining that. And both Jill and I have said, like, if you had asked us when you were 20 and described our lives now, would that look like a success? We would have been like, no. oh God, no. Like that's a failure. Like we we are divorced and all these things like that looks like a failure. But today it just feels so good. And so I love that yeah. you're saying that too because you couldn't plan for the things that we have now, right? Like you couldn't even envision a lot of things right I now. I could not have even allowed myself to envision. But you know what the best part is? Is that this is exactly how it was supposed to go. I I couldn't have grasped that 20 years ago because I thought it could only go as I had planned it. Yeah. And you probably never saw a reason why you couldn't. I couldn't end up that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I kind of, you know, we're who like what, of course, why wouldn't you, I, like you just, why wouldn't I be stuff, married right? at 35 I, with kids? I graduated like, high school. Yeah. I graduated college. Right. There's no reason why I can't just do things according to my plan. And like put, if you work hard, right. You put pieces in place. Yeah. Of course you're going to achieve the outcome. But I will tell you, I think that something I had to deal with a lot. I don't know if a lot of the listeners went through this, but I feel like for me, one of the biggest things that I had to work through after the divorce at 35 was, people really judged me for being quote unquote divorced. Like Mm. all of a sudden I took on this label as if like my soul had changed. Like Mm. I was like, I'm still the same person. Why am I being looked at? Like I'm like some terrible human being because I went through a divorce. Like wasn't in jail. Wasn't like, and no judgment on people (laughs) that go to jail, but like you you should be divorced. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, why, why? Divorce is ass. Where did this become such a 
just such a negative thing. And I found We're on a mission like, to change that. Yeah. Well, good. Because I'll tell you, I mean, even just going on dates the last few years, I mean, I literally go on these dates and I'm like, I need to contact Drew Barrymore and I need to like get a movie out there because dating, I think between Wait, do you know Drew? Huh? Do you know her? No, but she's like my favorite person. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Love. Do you know her? No. Oh, okay. like, if you know her, my world's like everything's complete. She's my favorite. But... I think that, you know, I find you, yeah, I find myself on these dates and like men have just such a weird, oh my God, you're almost 40. Like, you know, they assume you can't have children. I mean, all these crazy things come up and I'm like, wow, okay, now you think you don't know me at all. You think I'm a terrible person because I've been divorced. You assume that I can't have children because I'm about to turn 40. Somehow, you know, my biological system and my (laughs) medical records, but okay. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on in this world? So I don't know what happens between 35 to 40 for women, but society like needs to do some serious work. See, this is my mind fuck with aging. It's, it's honestly society. It's not really the number or anything, but I think for me, it's like the perception of who I am because I feel so different than the number that I think. I think everyone does. You know, That's you talk to like talk to my 68 up. year old dad and he's like, I don't feel like I'm 68. I don't yeah. think you ever feel your age. And I don't, and I know for Danny and I, like we're really trying to change the stigma around that. And I think think it does come down to ownership. I think we have all these kind of societal and cultural influences that are wanting to put you in this box of like, you know, like us, like you're an old maid or like someone rejected you. That's why you're divorced or like, or it's a failure or whatever it is. But really, I think there are so, there's so many different narratives and scripts that our parents' generation just like didn't have access to. Like no one could even thought it up. There was just no room in society for that different, like the way it looked. And, you know, in LA, I feel grateful that like we're in LA and like you can do a little bit more. I feel like there's a little bit more wiggle room at least. There is. That is one of many positives I'd say about LA is it's, it's, it's such a melting pot. So it's not like, you know, you're sitting in some small town in the middle of like Kansas city where like the 20 people in the town know each other. You could never date there. How could you date? (laughs) Right. But I think in LA you are getting a lot of people that have been through Divorce, like me right? and Venice. What? <laughs> I what? said, it's only 20 people. You've dated everybody. And I said, like me and Venice. She had to move to a different <laughs> you state. You dated all of Venice. Had, yeah. <laughs> We'd walk down the boardwalk and she'd be like, know that guy. Know, know that, that guy. guy. Yep. Know That's him. Amazing. They'd be like, Danny. I'm like, who's this guy? How did we not know each other in LA? I'm actually <laughs> mind blown by this because I spent- Because you guys I'm... didn't sleep together. So you were <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> But I'm sure someone I know Everyone must have slept with you. I'm sure someone I know must have Your face is so bright right now. It's I'm the like best. so embarrassed this is being recorded. Okay, uh, no, I a personal Amazing. question. Are you dating right now? Are you dating anybody? Um, I mean, I go out on dates. So I'll tell you, it's been, I very much believe in the law of attraction. So I want to be really wise with my words here. And I'll just say that. We can there use are, like, a crystal that. to cur- There are after. loads of wonderful, amazing men out there. And I know that my person is making his way towards me. But I will say as a challenge... If I may use that word. It's been a challenge here in this town because I meet a lot of amazing men who are also divorced, Mm -hmm. who have children. Yep. Yep. And I have no problem with that. If I'm meant to be with someone that has children, I receive that as a beautiful honor. But I would also like to have my own. Mm -hmm. So finding someone at this point in life that is, you know soulfully mature, you know, aligned, would support someone like me in the sense of not um, supporting me financially, but supporting who I am and what I come with. I should introduce you to the guys that I've been seeing lately because they all want kids and I don't. I need to like pass them on to you. Oh, well, yeah. So it's been a challenge (laughs) because I I meet all these great men and then, you know, they don't want to have children, which I totally respect. They already have. And I, I can understand that. But so, you know, yeah, it's like, Dating at 28 or 29 versus dating at, you know, sure. yeah. 39. Totally yeah. I mean, that decade makes a tremendous difference. Yes, it does. Um, but I also know that I it's a smaller pool here than LA. You know, look, I moved here to design a life that felt better for me. Mm-hmm. The best part about living here, and I think why I'm also so happy, is because I'm not also attached to staying here. Like, if I end up meeting someone and my life takes me back to LA or I end up moving to Chicago or wherever my soul contract has me going, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what that looks like yet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not attached to staying here, even though I love it. Yeah. And I think that that openness and that kind of, I don't know, it just, it allows me to live with more flexibility. I love that so much. You know, are you on the app? That was one of our, 
Yeah, we talked about Danny's yeah, story. Yeah, you want to see the truck drivers on Bumble here? Yeah. In, oh, yeah. <laughs> we did that episode on success hacks recently, and one of mine was go where the momentum is. So I love that, like, as soon as you maybe decide or you get, like, you get a hit that, like, this Scottsdale is not where you want to be, it's like, cool, like, where's next? And I love the yeah. idea of, again, back to detachment of going, like, I don't need to be here. I know and I trust that I can be happy wherever I'm supposed to be or wherever I go next. Yeah. I mean, life here is for this phase of my life. I think that, look, I mean, I grew up in LA. I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I fell into PR through an internship in college. I worked with celebrities. You know, I worked at studios. I did PR for American Idol. I worked with all these huge consumer product brands. I mean, I did all of the excitement stuff that I wanted. I lived that LA life. And I think that when I moved here, my soul was just craving more of this, yeah, simpler, Mm -hmm. simpler life, Mm -hmm. you know, less traffic, less scene, more just like, Mm -hmm. I I love to hike, I meditate, I'm, you know, in nature all the time. I Mm -hmm. mean, the environment here is very conducive to where I'm at right now, but I also do feel in a lot of ways without getting too, you know, spiritual for everybody, but I think in my heart that I was pulled here to heal Mm -hmm. because what's happened here in almost the three years that I've been here is I I really feel like nothing short of a miracle. None of these things would happen had I stayed in LA. I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have started my business again. I wouldn't be in this place of spiritual alignment. It would have taken me a whole other layer to get there had I stayed just my day-to-day grind. So this all needed to happen. And now if it happens that I stay here and this path continues, great. But if it was for me to get to this place now and go elsewhere, that's also beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I really love that. So we have a question we ask all our guests. Yeah. And so this is the Best Life podcast. And well, I won't give us our definition of the best life, but we want to know what what does the best life, living your best life look to Nicole? I love that. Well, I, you know, I have a sign in my bathroom that says she designed a life that she loves. Mm. And I look at that every morning because I didn't have that sign in LA. I got it when I got here. And I feel like I am living my best life in a lot of ways. There are things that obviously a desire in life that I know are going to come in and they will enhance my life. But I really feel like I'm about, I I just had this conversation yesterday with someone. I said, I really can safely say I'm turning 40, feeling like I, excuse me, I'm getting emotional. I became the woman that I desired to be, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm her and I'm Mm -hmm. living the life. Is there things that need improvement? Are there some habits that need tweaking? Like nothing's perfect in any way, shape or form, but I'm really comfortable in my skin and I'm really comfortable with where I'm at all the wins, all the losses, all of it. And to me, I think when you can just like push all that into a box and celebrate it, that's just such a good place to be, mm-hmm. you know? There's no more beating myself up about anything. I love I it. I love that. Okay. I can be okay with being 40 now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's always a choice. I mean, yeah. it is a choice. I mean, uh, there are some real things with aging that like, like oh, just man, skin integrity. I'm like, on okay. that. And by the way, I mean, you're also talking to someone that's never, I've never injected myself and you can see all the smile lines and all the aging. And you look beautiful. Yeah, well, you you're do. very sweet, but I, you know, and I look, will be injecting until I'm 90. If I showed you photos <laughs> of me from five years ago in like a bikini, you'd be like, there's no way that's the same girl. My body has, changed. I mean, but you know what? There it. is just this level of acceptance. So I will say like for my body, I don't look like in my twenties and I was so lean and now I just like, I don't care as much. I just, I'm yeah. like, okay, well, whatever. It is what, what it I'm is. Saying, yeah, like, it's fine. You, my clothes fit. Yes, yeah, yeah. You get, you get a little bit, maybe not a little, but I think you just get more comfortable in your skin. You yeah. just get more comfortable just being like content with your soul and less about the physical. Yeah. And I feel like growing up in LA, I mean, it was hard. I mean, especially being yeah. in that industry, I was around like sure. beautiful people all the time. And, yeah. you know, as a PR person, you just kind of have to wear like your black pantsuit and like stay behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how could you not grow up in that and feel like, you know, there were, so, I mean, we were all so hard on ourselves. And now I just think like, gosh, that was so unnecessary. Like, yeah. how did I have like such dissatisfaction with myself when I was healthy and like taking good care of myself, but it didn't feel like enough. Totally. I get that. So how can people find you, especially any gorgeous single men in Scottsdale, (laughs) very successful who want to knock someone up? 
Uh, I love it. <laughs> hey, oh my gosh, you'll make my mother will be so happy right now. Um, well, okay, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Myden. Um, M-Y-D-E-N. Yes, M-Y-D-E-N, Magic Myden. And um, the website is theprconcierge.com. You can find out about everything for my business there. You know, I post about events there, the workshops, the courses, all of it. And yeah, and that's that's where you can buy that's amazing. Me. Well, I think so many of our listeners will really appreciate the work that you're doing because a lot of them are really trying to figure out ways to get an edge up. And I think if you guys follow Nicole on social media and hopefully sign up for her email a newsletter, maybe yeah. you'll get all those uh, those updates and you can and see maybe her in she'll your be own in your town city and you can be at see her live. Yeah. And the good thing about a lot of the workshops is uh, the ones that I'm doing, I think more on the road are actually going to be really just free of charge to these members. Amazing. Because I just think that, you know, there's always ways for money to come into play down the road. But I think, you know, at, at first I just want people to understand like what this is all about. I just think PR is so confusing for most people. And I think if I didn't work in it, I would be confused by it too. Yeah. So the goal is to just simplify it and decipher it and make it feel like attainable for everybody. Love That's it. amazing. I Y'all, she's so she's generous awesome. with her time and information. So right. take advantage of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we take certainly it. did. Yes. Yeah, we, absolutely we have some did. more questions to ask you about the Best Life Podcast after yeah. we turn this off. I know, That's right. right. <laughs> so you guys check her out on Instagram. Go to the PRConcierge.com. Um, I know she's got some great stuff there and some courses. You can get her course and hopefully maybe even see her in person um, on, her, on the road. And if you have more stuff for us, you can hit us up in our Facebook group, thebestlifepodcast.com. And Nicole, we just really appreciate your vulnerability and just obviously love that you shared so much and just really appreciate you. Love you guys. And thanks for the wine. (laughs) Thanks for the wine. Uh, (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Bye guys. That's right.